People think I'm damaged goods. I'm worried about losing my job. Will I ever get a transplant? I want to see my children graduate from college. How can I afford this? I don't want to be a burden. I'm afraid. I'm overwhelmed with information. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever fall in love and get married. I just want to play with my friends. You're listening to Kidney Talk, streaming health, happiness, and hope to the renal community with your hosts, Lori Hartwell and Stephen First. And welcome to Kidney Talk. We have a fascinating show today. Yes. Not just an interesting show, but a fascinating show because we're going to bring two sides that hate each other together. They don't hate each other. Well, you're right. Well, you know, one does shop retail, one shops wholesale. So, <laughs> Well, we're going to speak to Rabbi Andrew Bassoff. You had a hard time pronouncing Rabbi. Rabbi Andrew Rabbi. Ba- what is Rabbi? <laughs> it's not a Rabbi. It's a Rabbi. Rabbi, Rabbi Andrew Bassoff. Andy, Would they you call quit him making Rabbi. fun of how I speak? Well, you know, it's easy, Lori. <laughs> it's easy. And Reverend Karen Onesti. Onesti, that's a, she's Italian, I understand. She's like Annette Funicello. And they gained a lot of media attention because... As well as weight. Yes. <laughs> well, no, I don't know about Reverend Onesti. I mean, she probably lost weight. She gave a kidney. Right. Uh, but uh, Rabbi what? Bassoff, as we all know, when you get a transplant, it's just almost impossible not to gain a little bit of weight. Tell me about it. I've gained 30 pounds, Lori. <laughs> Haven't you noticed the double chin I come in with now? So it's going to be exciting because we're going to hear that she just decided to give him a kidney. They were at a meeting together. They were at a meeting together. You know, he was eating a cookie. He grabbed the last cookie. She says, give me that cookie. I'll give you my kidney. <laughs> Postman, here you go. Hmm. I won the million dollar giveaway sweepstakes. Oh, I finally got my tax refund check. Oh my God, I I can't believe this. I got my order of Dairy Delicious. Oh boy, milkshakes, creamy soup, cereal with milk, and pudding. (laughs) Why is Mr. Smith so excited about his Dairy Delicious? I have a hint. You see, Mr. Smith is on dialysis, and Dairy Delicious is real milk especially created for kidney patients. It has half the potassium and half the phosphorus of regular 2% milk, but it has 100% of the flavor. Perfect for people who love dairy products and need to keep their lab values normal and dietitians happy. And most of all, it's delicious. Thousands who have tried Dairy Delicious sing its praises. See what I mean? To order your own Dairy Delicious and possibly get as excited as Mr. Smith here, call 1-877-4-DAIRY-7. That's 1-877-432-4797. Or visit DairyDelicious.com. Dairy healthy, dairy good, dairy delicious. The milk that's made for you. Welcome to Kidney Talk, Rabbi Andrew Bossoff and Karen Onesti. Did I pronounce your names right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, you left out Reverend for Karen. Reverend. Oh, it's not Pastor, huh? 
No. What is the difference between reverend and pastor and, and father? And uh, Of course, it's going to depend where you hail from, but as a United Methodist, a pastor could be someone who's still attending seminary, who has a very tiny church, but hasn't really completed the ordination process, may never be ordained. Just someone who the bishop has placed or the district superintendent has placed over a congregation. I'm a reverend, I'm an ordained elder, which is you have to have a bachelor's degree and a, a master's of divinity, and you have to go through the process of going through, meeting the requirements of the denominations. So being an elder has nothing to do with your age then? No, it doesn't. But I'm an ordained minister, so I'm a reverend. And you're a rabbi, Dr. Andrew. I mean, you're not a doctor, are you? No, I don't happen to be. So Rabbi Andrew Basov, and uh, how did you guys meet? We met through an interfaith clergy organization in the town of Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Oh, I love Mount Laurel, New Jersey. You've been there? No. We met at a meeting about two years ago that took place in January. And, well, we had known each other before that, and our congregations participated for a couple of years annually at a Thanksgiving Eve service. And then, lo and behold, we saw each other at that particular meeting uh, after I had been listed for transplants, and the rest is kind of history. Were you on dialysis? I had not started dialysis at that point when I was first listed. No, I started about... The end of June. Seven months later, yeah, at the very end of June, right right for 4th of July. And when you listed, how long did they tell you you would have to wait for a donor? For my blood type, a positive, it was suggested that it might be two to three years. Oh, that's pretty low for being in such a highly populated area like New Jersey, New York area. Yeah, um, but even so, the thought all along when I was first diagnosed with interstitial nephritis was that once my... Wait, wait, wait. Was that Hebrew you just said? What was that? <laughs> no. Well, Interstitial nephritis. What is That's that? Latin. <laughs> yeah. What is that? Well, the little uh, compartments of my kidneys were not functioning properly because the tissues were hardened and crystallized. Wow. What, uh, if what, I understand that one correctly. What, what causes that? Uh, you know, too many conditions well, or case, what? I was just lucky. I was uh, the one in 10,000 people who reacted negatively to a medication that's used commonly for ulcerative colitis, which I also have a mild case of. Lo and behold, uh, after being symptom-free from colitis for quite a while, I had blood work done and suddenly uh, my system showed that I was not doing the right thing with that medication kidney-wise and my kidney functioning had dropped down to about 25%. Wow. So it had nothing to do with eating bad gefilte fish or anything. Exactly. <laughs> right. No, it did not. It did not. <laughs> so when you met Reverend Onesti at a conference, how did the whole conversation come about that you needed a kidney? Well, Karen, you want to tell? At, at the ministerium, uh, what had happened was, although we would meet monthly, I had to skip a couple of meetings due to the fact that I had a United Methodist clergy meeting that I had to be at. Oh, so you were moonlighting on the side, right? Well, no, no. It's all part of being a, a, um, you know, a Christian pastor to be involved in these way, various ways. But a lot of times, as Rabbi Andy will tell you, we have conflicts. We, we need to be in more than one place at one time. And you have to make choices. So anyway, I had to be at some uh, district clergy events. And, uh, and then we, we didn't meet in December. 
And here, Rabbi Andy had been sick, and I did not know that. So at the end of January, it was something like, it was late. It was like the 25th of January. Yeah, it was the 25th of January. I got there early because I had missed the last couple of meetings, and I missed everybody, and I wanted to catch up on how folks, you know, small talk and so forth. And you you wanted to hit the refreshment table before everybody got there, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, Rabbi Andy was there with one of his lay leaders, and we talked and chatted a little bit, and then as other clergy were filtering in, they were asking Andy how he was feeling. And this seemed a little odd to me, as each one would come in and say, oh, how are you feeling, you know, and he'd he'd say he's feeling fine, and I thought, well, obviously I'd missed something, so I decided after... After the meeting was over, I would, uh, you know, talk to him. So I caught up with him after the meeting and said, have you been sick or something? Everybody's asking you how you are. And he said, oh, yeah, I had a bout with colitis and, uh, you know, I'm doing better. But, you know, I had this adverse reaction to medicine. And would you believe now I need a kidney? I'm on a kidney list. And I said, "Um, I'll give you one of mine. Right then and there you said that. Yes, but yes. Uh Uh-huh. You didn't even think about it. You just said, I'll give it to you. I thought about it. I'm a fast thinker, but, you know, at, at my age, I mean, I'm, I'm middle-aged. You know what kind of family background you have and so forth. And when he was sort of in disbelief, I said, well, my family lives to their, you know, into their 90s, and their kidneys are good, and I'll give you one of mine. And what was your reaction, <laughs> Rabbi? What, what did, did you just drop your cookie at that moment? Uh, pretty much, uh, if I had been holding one. But, you know, we, we ate everything at the, at the refreshment table before leaving. Oh, uh, fantastic. I just couldn't believe it, and I... Did you don't... say, no, 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 that's fine, thank you, you know? My words are not as memorable as... Karen's, you know, fateful, I'll give you one of mine. I basically said something like, you know, come on, you're not serious, are you? How could you just want to do that like that? But she said, you know, just pray that my husband agrees and uh, let's go forward. And, of course, it took a year for both of us uh, from that point on to be cleared for surgery. There were issues that had to be cleared up uh, with regard to my condition. Uh, And then, of course, I did start dialysis, and that complicated some things. Uh, and, and Karen wound up being uh, tested and examined, and turns out uh, when all was said and done, although she was otherwise in perfect shape, something was brewing, and it turned out that she wound up needing a, a hysterectomy that summer, and she healed up from that like a trooper and still came back and said, I still want to do this, and lo and behold, by the next December, at the end of 2006, she was cleared for surgery. Were you the same blood type? Now, I had asked Andy, what blood type are you? And I was surprised at his answer. He says, you know, I don't know. <laughs> like most people. I said, well, I'm O positive. And he said, well, oh, you're the universal donor. I said, no, I'm, I'm one. Yeah. I'm next to the universal donor. Whatever, yeah. And, but he said he would call his doctor that day and find out. Well, we're going to come back and yeah. we're going to find out some more how this went down and everything and, and how large the payoff was. Hello? Hi, Mom. Boy, that was some storm last night, huh? We actually lost power for a few minutes. Oh, you think that was bad? You should have seen the one back in 52. Well, now that you're on dialysis, you should really have a plan in case of an emergency. Ha! Last emergency I had was when you got your head stuck in the hamster cage. Scared the little fellow to death, those big eyes just staring at him. I'm talking about emergencies, like severe weather, earthquakes, or power outages. What if there was no water or transportation to get you to dialysis? It's important to be prepared. You mean like carrying and 
important medical information? Or asking your facility for alternative arrangements for treatment? Or preparing emergency stock of supplies, foods, and medicines? Or learning what diet to follow if your dialysis must be delayed? You already knew all this? I've got to run, Sunny. I'm late for Taekwondo. Bye, Mom. Yes, I gotta have And we're back with Rabbi Andrew Bossov. Now, you, I heard her call you Rabbi Andy. Do you go by Rabbi Andy? Generally speaking, yeah. Okay, nobody calls you Rabbi Bossov. No, they do when they want to get my attention, sure. Uh, does your wife call you that when she wants to get your attention? Uh, no. Uh, okay. <laughs> and we're here with Reverend Karen Onesti. Yes. And that's like Italian. Are you Italian or your husband's I Italian? married uh, into an Italian-American family. And, 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 and what are you? What were you? I'm, uh... are you? <laughs> I say I'm a mongrel. I'm uh, Irish and Welsh. That's on my father's side, and then German, uh, actually Austrian on my on my mother's side. Mm-hmm. We we have an we have an Austrian governor here in California. Yes, that's right. Yeah, n- nobody can understand <laughs> the word he's saying. Very good. Welcome to Gardner on this show. Oh, very good. Very good. Very good very, impersonation. Very, we're really getting off track, aren't we? Yeah. Now, I, I want to know what your husband said, Karen, when, when you came home and said, you know what? I was at this well, meeting, actually, honey. We, we talked prior to coming home, that's for sure. Andy walked me out to my car because I had another appointment. I mean, our, our ministerial meeting was over. And Andy and I took out our calendars to see when we were going to have this surgery, which is kind of absurd now, isn't it? I have a conference on Thursday, so that's We both looked at our calendars, which is so typical of people who have congregations to see when we can do things. And we both agreed the last half of uh, June would be ideal for both of us. And I called Frank on my cell phone once I got into my car, and I said, "Listen, uh, we need to sit and talk tonight." And he's like, "Uh oh, what, what, what did I do, honey? <laughs> I'm in trouble." What it is. And I'm like, "Well, no, I, need, I have an appointment now. I don't want to get into it." He's like, "You upset me all afternoon. Tell me what it is now." And I said, "Okay." I said, "You know Rabbi Bassoff?" He says, "Yeah." I said, "Well, he needs a kidney, and I offered him mine." He says, well, doesn't he have any family? And I said, well, I'm sure he does, but that's not the issue. (laughs) Doesn't he he have his own kidneys? (laughs) And then he said, he's not on dialysis, is he? And I said, no, but I think that the purpose of donating is to help people before they get on dialysis because then they're most healthy. I, I think that when you're on dialysis, that it compromises your health. Although it, it's a lifesaver, it compromises your health. So he said the very, uh, my husband is, is such an easygoing guy, but there's that little sliver of the pie <laughs> where he gets very, you know, well, we'll have to talk about this later on tonight, kind of, you know. Did he think you were out of your mind? or? or... No, 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 but he, he knows me well enough that when I say something, I mean it, and that's why he took me very seriously. So what he did when he was working at work, he went online and he was able to bring up uh, on the internet as much about, you know, kidney donation and matching and all of that that he could find, which turned out to be an inch or so of, of work. And he read that, that literature. And when we met after church was over that day uh, at night, said, uh, here and read this and then we'll talk. So he had read it and I read everything. And then we talked, and he said that, you know, chances are you're not going to be compatible. 
compatible. It's good of you to do that. And uh, Why did he not think you'd be compatible? The number of antigens. It was the percentage was more likely that I would not, you know, the odds were that I would not be a match. And what was the number? I don't know. No. But we, we are not a perfect match. But no, because you're different religions. Match, but they said that it really wasn't necessary to be so these days. Although it wasn't a perfect, it's worked out fine. Right. You <laughs> know, you know, that's one of the biggest myths today is people say, well, I need a six out of six match. I need a right. perfect no, match. No, you don't. And not I know even. mine was an altruistic donor. A stranger decided to give me his kidney and he was only two out of six for me. So, yeah. uh -huh. and so that was fine. Now, did you share with your congregation the uh, story of what was going on and what was going to happen? Well, I mean, in my case, everybody knew that I was a kidney patient, but it really hadn't affected anything until then. It really wasn't until later in the spring after we were already going through testing. And of course, you know, as Karen mentioned, yes, I do have family members who tested, and for one reason or another, and a couple other non-related, uh, you know, some friends, that just did not get accepted for one reason or another. They were incompatible or were unable to medically. And I hadn't even asked anybody in the congregation to donate or, or done a wider search and turned out not needing to. Is um, that something you would have done? I, I didn't even go to my cousins or, or anybody like that to ask, and it's quite likely that I would have put the word out in a more general way because I firmly believe if I had to have stayed on dialysis for an undetermined amount of time, I might not have really been able to continue doing my job full time. Yeah, but the notes inside the prayer books, that was a little much, right? <laughs> After the service and give me your kidney. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Uh, it's so important, too, because it raises organ donor awareness within your congregation. That's right. such and an important have, message. Right. And we had already been participating in an organ donor Sabbath on an annual basis. A gentleman in our congregation that I play tennis with, he's currently the president of our men's club. He had had a liver transplant about five years ago, just after I came to the congregation. Kind of at his motivation, we, we, we started and then kept having annually a, a donor Shabbat. It was on our minds, and of course I knew in the back of my mind that one day I'm going to need it. And then, lo and behold, after being listed, I had dropped below the 20% cutoff. But then, as a result of trying to get me off prednisone, which I was on long-term for the colitis, because I couldn't take the Azacol anymore or anything else related to that, and then uh, several months later, uh, my numbers did drop to the point where I did need dialysis. Well, Reverend Onesti, uh, what was it like to give a kidney? You know, you check into the hospital. What kind of feelings did you feel? I wanted to get it over with. It seemed like it took forever. You know, we had some roadblocks along the way for both of us, mm -hmm. and we just really wanted to get it over with. Was it painful? I, I had both of my kidneys removed when I was 12, and it, it was a pretty difficult surgery. I mean, they, you know, had to pop your rib cage back then, but did they do laparoscopic yeah, surgery? I, lapar I qualified for the laparoscopic, and, you know, like any surgery, you know, after you wake up and they tell you that it's time to get out of bed, you're like, you know, you don't really think right. I'm going to get out of this bed, do you? <laughs> I don't well, want to move. Look, Step Karen, away from Karen the bed. had another surgery that summer. She had had the hysterectomy, so... She had like just finished healing up from that and then, you know, lay down on the table again. So how do you both feel now? Yeah. Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, I mean, other things have come along. I happened to have broken my foot a couple months ago. 
but uh, it was a clean break, and that healed up all just fine, and I've been back you know out. What, Rabbi, let me tell you something. I think you should stay in a room and don't leave. Because <laughs> well, everything happens you know, that's to how you. I feel sometimes, but 99% of the time, I don't. Are you aware of any religions that don't support organ donation? Um, have we evolved to the point that pretty much is an accepted practice? I would hope so. I, I know that there may very well be certain groups of Jews who for a variety of reasons, might still refrain. But that doesn't necessarily cover the greater majority of Jews of all types. Uh, If I had to attach a percentage, I would say that 95% of the Jewish community now fully accepts and would participate in the practice of organ donation. There is a a group uh, that considers themselves Christian, which most Christian groups would would disagree with that opinion because of the views that they hold about God. But if I'm not mistaken, Jehovah's Witnesses, who will not receive, will not permit, nor will they allow blood transfusions, would certainly have a problem with organ donation. Well, that's because they're too busy knocking on your door and bothering you. (laughs) So what lessons do you think... um, have any of the perceptions changed in your congregation about giving a transplant or receiving a transplant? I would imagine that because of the obvious closeness to the situation with Karen giving me one, I, I know that our that my congregation at least uh, has seen the reality up close, and certainly uh, Karen's previous congregation and the one she's serving now. And it's hard to imagine that that people aren't more willing to step forward and be open to the possibility of somebody in their family would be willing to do so. I haven't had the experience, Karen, maybe you have, of somebody stepping forward and saying, you know what, I'm going to give one. What do I do? You sent me something on the Internet story, something like that. It was a coupon from Bed Bath & Beyond. (laughs) No, 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 no. No, it was somebody who donated an... uh, uh, Sort of anonymous, didn't know who the kidney was going to Well, that was me. That's me, actually. (laughs) I I got a kidney from somebody. I know my family, uh, we had mixed reviews in my immediate immediate family. Uh, Our children did not feel the way Frank and I do, but I just want to say, for the record, you know, God's not done with them yet, and uh, they they don't have the spiritual maturity that Frank and I do. Nor should we, and I guess we should. Ex- we, I, I'll speak for myself. Frank's not here, but, but I, I would say that probably I expected my kids to, my, ch- my grown children to hold, uh, to hold opinions closer to my own, which they don't always, and and I shouldn't be shocked by that. Yeah, but, what kids do hold their parents' <laughs> opinions? Well, yeah, no, really, exactly. My son's but a Harry really Krishna. The question came up, which was, well, if this doesn't work out, you're gonna be done with this silliness, aren't you, mother? You know. <laughs> Oh, so they actually thought that it was just a phase. I wanted to say yes. I really felt that that would be a moral problem because if if I did go through all this testing and, and... and for some reason, Andy couldn't receive it. I think I still would have gone through with it. And give it to somebody. To give it to someone, mm-hmm. yeah. But I had a question. I wanted to know if he, if he has any female characteristics now that oh. he's got her kidney. Oh I mean, I gosh. keep the toilet seat up. I mean, I can't help it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Lori has a male kidney. Yeah, Lori has a male kidney. Uh-huh. Well, you know. But I, I do kind of, my car kind of veers toward the side of the road when I pass a church now. <laughs> it makes you want to eat ham on Christmas now. Oh, I just love pretzels. Let's let me see here. One serving is 
Six pretzels? What, are they kidding me? Who only ate six pretzels? I have to stay on my renal diet. I know. I can bite part of one pretzel. Then bite the side of another pretzel. And then I hook them together, and I can count that as one pretzel. Mm. Boy, that was good. You know what I love now? A big gulp. Now if I fill it up halfway, and then drink it, and refill it to the top, now that won't count towards my daily fluid intake. Or will it? Make the connection. Eating high-sodium foods makes you thirsty, which will make you retain more fluids. Do you want to share a tip on how to stay within your fluid limit? Email us at kidneytalk at rsnhope.org, and we'll let our listeners in on your different tips. Because I got to have Wow, I have a whole new respect for Christians and Muslims and Hindus and everything. Well, you know, one of the things that just amazed me is that there was just so much peace about them. Their voice was so calming. I mean, Reverend Onesti just had such a sense about her that it was... It was very peaceful, but kind of like with a New Jersey accent. You know, it never was a second thought for me not to do this. Right, and she's that very just makes spiritual you, feeling, And it, too. it makes you, you know, it just reinforces, you know, humankind is so good. Well, what news have you been watching? <laughs> I've been watching too much CNN, so it was really exciting to hear this story because we need to be reminded how many good people there are in the world and how they're willing to, you know, sacrifice the gift of life Well, did to you hear the new else. show? You watched CNN. Did you hear the new show coming on the Fox Network? What show? It's a game show, and... And somebody's dying, and they're going to give away their kidney to one of the four Ugh. contestants that are vying for it. That will be painful to watch. Is, it was it's not like, a pun. It, <laughs> painful to watch because well, they're donating. Be well, no, but if they're dying, it doesn't mean anybody will get the kidney. I, I mean, right? It's like if there's like five people who need a kidney, and one person's going to get them. Is that what the no? Vision? Then the other four have to go on the wait list. Okay. Well, I mean, it would sound like they were dying, so if they didn't get the transplant, they would die. No, the person who's dying is giving the kidneys up. I think what they're trying to do, basically, is knock Howie Mandel off the air from deal or no deal. This is kidney or no kidney. (laughs) We can control our own destiny. We can take charge of our health and ask questions about our medical options. We can form partnerships with our healthcare team. We can take steps towards self-improvement. We can be sensitive to the impact of our disease on our family. We can sing, dance, laugh, and enjoy our lives. We can appreciate today and look forward to tomorrow. We can help and support our fellow patients. We can pursue our hopes and dreams. We can make a difference. Renal Support Network would like to thank everyone who has made this show possible. Kidney Talk's founding sponsor is Amgen. Generous support is provided by Roche Pharmaceuticals and Astellas. Friends of Kidney Talk are Abbott Laboratories, American Region, and Fresenius Medical Care North America. Thank you for helping us stream health, happiness, and hope to the kidney community. Visit rsnhope.org for more information. The opinions, recommendations, statements, and advice contained on Kidney Talk are for information only. You should not use the information on the show to diagnose or treat a health problem or disease without first consulting with a qualified health care provider. Please consult with your health care provider about any questions or concerns you may have regarding your condition or dietary regimen.